Coming up on Let's Talk Media. For a long time, I've always despised rom-coms and romance and movies in general. I think it's usually not well done. And when I saw this, I thought back to that and was like, yeah, I still agree with that thought. I, I would say coming of age films do a much better job of diversifying the narratives being told in media. Date of recording, the 18th of April, 2020. Song credit, Detrimental Isolation by Per Evil. You're listening to Let's Talk Media, the weekly podcast series in which me and fellow guests talk about the media industry. For this week, we're talking about Tall Girl. And my guest for this week is Bridget Bright. Hey, Bridget, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Madonna, thanks for having me. Of course, you just want to introduce yourself and how we know each other? Yeah. Um, so like Don said, I'm Bridget Bright. Um, we met at college, at Ithaca College. Um, I We both work for the news department, so I've been able to meet Vedant that way. And we also have a class together. So, yeah. Yeah, so you're my current news director. And Bridget, you are awesome at that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That's very kind of you, Vedant. Yeah, so how tall are you, if you don't mind me asking? I don't mind. I'm exactly six feet tall. <laughs> oh, so Jody is taller than you. Yes, she is. Um, yeah, so just she has an inch or two on me. So how were you introduced to this movie, Tall Girl? I mean, when it first came out, um, I think sometime this fall, it was just all over social media. And my friends started sending me like screenshots of what they were seeing about it because I am so tall. Um, and it just so happens that my friend group is all really tall. The shortest one of us is about 5'8", so that's still pretty tall. Um, and so we all decided to sit down and watch it together. So that was really fun because we all had not similar experiences to the characters, but we could relate to certain moments and found it pretty comical to sit and watch as a group. Yeah, and can you tell us about that tweet? Oh, yes. So right after the movie came out, like I said, it was super popular. Everyone was watching it, not because it's a good movie, just because it's a little bit ridiculous. And it just is a typical Netflix rom-com where it gets a lot of attention. I was just walking through the pub at Ithaca College, which is just like a food court style thing for people who don't go there. and. It, there was no one there. It was very early in the morning. I was just going to get some coffee and um, someone came up to me and was just that I didn't know. I've never seen them before, never seen them again. And they just said, you, your life, I'm assuming is like the movie Tall Girl and just walked away. That's all they said. And it was just so comical to me. So I tweeted about it and it was just so funny because a lot of people were saying that it was, they're like, are you like offended by that? Like, did that hurt your feelings? And I just thought it was the funniest thing because it's so random that someone had the confidence to go up and be like, your life is like this dumb Netflix movie. Was Tall Girl accurate at all to your experiences? No, it's a rom-com. I don't think rom-coms and like a coming of age movie, I guess, like 
those typically aren't ex especially like a cheesy netflix version they're never really truly relatable in my opinion at least like i think there were moments that i could pinpoint being like oh i guess that similar things happened but it was it's all a little extreme about the movie itself what i thought was a very glaring issue is that Jodie's height is her entire character. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I feel that way about a lot of movies of this style and genre that just like teenage girls are given one attribute and that's like their whole personality. So I think with this one, they're just following that trope when making it, I guess. Yeah, and also she's six foot one and a half. And apparently she's the only tall girl at her high school like do volleyball teams and basketball teams just not exist in this universe i thought it was pretty strange yeah i i kind of thought that too when i was watching it i was like she's really not that tall like she's only an inch or an inch and a half taller than i am and i'm def definitely wasn't like someone who like stood out as much as they made the character jody stand out were there more tall girls at your high school than you, than just yourself? I know I was I was definitely one of the tallest girls, but it was never like a thing that I really thought of. It was more in like elementary school that people were like, "Oh, she's taller" because I just like grew before everyone else. Um, but in high school, it was never a thing I was like very conscious of that I was like one of the taller. So unlike the movie nobody asked you how's the weather up there or called your taller swift that didn't happen to you correct no that did not happen to me i mean like maybe as a funny funny to some people i guess joke maybe someone said something about the weather to me but if i feel like that's more like a dad joke that like i don't know that high schoolers wouldn't really use yeah. Oh, never mind me. I'm, I took actual notes about this movie. I watched it last night again. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And what do you think about the stereotypes in the movie? Like with that guy who just carries a milk crate and then the mean girl and that hot foreign exchange students. Like I was saying earlier, it's kind of, it just follows the same tropes as a lot of like high school rom-coms. So like none of it was that surprising but again it's not accurate to real life like especially the like hot foreign exchange student i don't know that seems a little too like out there for my taste <laughs> yeah and also she falls for him because he's apparently the only tall guy at her high school which again i feel like this world just treats tall people like dinosaurs that went extinct decades and centuries millenniums ago and they just don't exist i feel like i guess that's an interesting point i definitely feel like it was treated in a strange way that definitely is not close to how it's treated in real life yeah and do you remember the writing and how bad it was for this like it was so yeah. on the nose with the message like, oh, you're tall, but that's okay. It was so badly written. I hated that. Yeah, I that was one of the other like very obvious flaws for this movie. It's just like, there's one thing about like, just not being funny, but like that might just not be my humor, but it's so just like 
like you said, on the nose, and there's not really anything left for interpretation at all. Nah. And a lot of conveniences. Like, I don't know if you remember this, but Jody used to play the piano, and she goes to a place to play the piano, and the foreign exchange student just so happens to be there, and he's like, oh, I like the piano. Oh, yeah, that was absolutely ridiculous. And, and I, yeah. And that. they they bond over having big hands, <laughs> of all things. Oh my god, I forgot about that. That is just so so strange. I don't think that is really how people connect with each other. Like maybe, but I don't know. Yeah, that was out there. What do you think about the ending though, where her her speech solves world peace and everybody just accepts her, and then. The guy apparently kept that milk crate for 10 years so he could kiss her while standing. Oh no, I'm sure the demographic of this film is obviously high schoolers, maybe even middle schoolers. So like, maybe that's an ending that they would enjoy. But I think, um, I thought it was maybe... unrealistic. Well, yeah, um, yeah, very unrealistic. Um, but yeah, I think for that demographic, it's like, on the nose enough for them to be like, oh my god, that's cute. Like, he has the milk crate. I don't know. That milk crate, though. He yeah. Just, he just carried that for 10 years. Yeah, that's a bit much. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you think about this trope in the rom-coms about her falling for the guy that was always there for her? She was like, oh my god, he is the perfect guy, the guy I wanted, not a nice person. For a long time, I've always despised rom-coms and romance and movies in general i think it's usually not well done and when i saw this i thought back to that and was like yeah i still agree with that thought that i've always had is that just rom-coms never show relationships in a realistic way whatsoever and are there any positives to the film that you can think of me and my roommates had such a fun time sitting and watching it because of how silly it is and how bad but funny the the plot line and everything is in it it was fun so i'll give it that so as long as you know what you're in for you're gonna enjoy it is that what you're saying yeah like i think if you go in thinking you're going to see like the next best picture film like that's not what you're getting here. It's like made for a specific audience and for that audience, I guess it's entertaining and fun. So I can appreciate it for that. I agree with you that you just need to know what you're getting into. And I think a positive for me was I liked Harper. I thought she was pretty good. I'm a huge Serena Carpenter fan. Okay. I feel like that character, her only personality was that she was a like model or beauty pageant star right yeah i feel I mean, like that was your only i hate I, I hated the character but i liked i like her as an actress so that's probably why i liked her a lot okay have you watched a girl meets world okay no but i know what you're talking about so she's like a this era's disney star like a miley cyrus maybe yeah she was on girl meets world and then the film the hate you give i don't know what she played in it but she was in that film Okay, I've heard of that. Okay. What patterns and common issues have you noticed across these team rom-coms, whether it's Netflix or any other service? 
I'll kind of combine this with like coming of age films as well because I feel like Tall Girl kind of hits both categories with a little bit of a rom-com but also a coming of age type plot and I think in a lot of those films they're very um narrow-minded and follow the same tropes over and over and I don't think that's a horrible thing because it sells from like from a media perspective it sells and it gets a lot of people to watch it a lot of people talk about it which for the people working on it that's good it makes money so there's that aspect of it but from like a representation standpoint the amount of people's stories that are actually told through those types of films are really limited which i have a huge problem with very pretty white girls and who have like a seemingly perfect life other than like maybe being bullied um and then like they find love in the end and everything is perfect and tied up with a little bow and i feel like that is a bad narrative to be telling that demographic of those young high schoolers young middle school girls and so if netflix or any other company wants to produce more teen rom-coms then what do they have to change or improve upon on they need to be able to tell stories of a diverse group of people and tell it in an authentic way it's usually just like one or two people writing a film so of course it's going to be limited to that person's experience and what they've been exposed to in their life but I don't know. I think it's just really a matter of getting different people's perspectives out there and sharing that. So like this has been done. They're just not mainstream. Um so I think bringing up the voices of more diverse people who have and like more complex storylines, I guess, that would be good. Oh yeah, the writer of Tall Girl is 4-11. 4-11? 4-11. Okay. Yeah, he's 411 and he wrote Tall Girl. Okay, interesting. See, I think this is just my opinion. If you are writing a film based on like a young girl protagonist, I feel like I prefer it to be coming from a woman's perspective. Um and I know that's like not always like what can be done and that people of different um experiences can still write accurately other people's experiences to an extent but i don't know i feel like that's interesting where that person probably has a complete opposite reality in their own life than the character they're writing for so i hope in writing they spoke to other people hopefully um, and to get their experiences but maybe that explains some of the misconceptions that were in the film. Yeah. How would you make Tall Girl as a film if you had to? This might be a bad answer and not what you're wanting to get, but I feel like I just wouldn't <laughs> if I were to make a film that's a coming of age story or a rom-com, my plot line would not be based on one physical attribute of my main character. And so, what are your favorite and least favorite teen rom-coms and why? I went through years of refusing to watch rom-coms of any kind until the past like year or so, I've been like fine, I'll watch them. Um because like I was saying earlier, they can be fun. 
Um, but I don't know if there's any rom-coms that I actually like and I think are well done. Well, I was talking with my family last night about the movie Notting Hill. I don't think it's horrible, but it just fits all the basic tropes. Um, oh, well, I did see Always Be My Maybe, and that was fine. Two rom-coms that aren't horrible are someone great. One good rom-com, which is fun and a little bit more modern, is something great on Netflix. So that one wasn't horrible to watch. Um, and it was more, it was like a mix of the main character's relationship, but also with her best friends and like the romance part of it. So I really liked that where you could see the friendships forming. So that was like a nice touch to it. What about High School Musical? Well, okay. I loved High School Musical as a kid. So I guess that that's a one good one too. <laughs> I think my favorite is The Edge of Seventeen. Have you watched that film? I haven't. That's like one of the movies that's been on my watch list for a while. And I'm just waiting because I know I, I will probably like it. So Nice. Yeah, I, I really love The Edge of Seventeen. And Lady Bird's been on my watch list for years now. Wait, you haven't seen Lady Bird? It just dropped on Prime. I need to watch. I wanted to see it in theaters, oh. but I was, I, I was 16 at the time. And... They always checked my ID. That's really unfortunate. Um, but you have to see it. I can't believe you haven't seen Lady Bird. I'm so sorry, that, Bridget. That is shocking to me. Um, after this, go watch Lady Bird. It's, it's really good. I wouldn't call Lady Bird a rom-com, though. It's a, definitely a coming-of-age film. Um, okay, so would you prefer... Do you prefer coming-of-age films to teen rom-coms? Definitely. I think there's a lot of great coming-of-age films out there. Skate Kitchen is really good. Yesterday, in a class, I watched The Miseducation of Cameron Post. That was an interesting coming-of-age film. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good coming-of-age films out there. Call Me By Your Name, that came out the same year as Lady Bird. I feel like coming-of-age films are doing a little bit better of a job of what I think is lacking in rom-coms. So, like, there's also Booksmart, which is super mainstream. I'm gonna uh, watch that too. That's it. It's good. It, it's another fun watch where it's not the best, but there's some fun elements um, to it. And they try to give a diverse perspective, but it's a mainstream movie. So of course it's not perfect in that regard in any way, but they at least are attempting to get there. So. I, I would say coming-of-age films do a much better job of um, diversifying the narratives being told in media. I agree with the diversity. Like, I think To All the Boys I Loved Before is the only diverse one that I can think of, of all the ones that have come out in recent years. And that it's just white women. Exactly. Yeah. Which, and it's just not entertaining at this point. Like, the stories have been told there, but there's so many stories that still need to be heard. So I agree with you there, Vedant. Yeah. All right. So any final comments, Bridget, about anything we've talked about or anything we missed? Um, other than make sure you watch Ladybird, Vedant. I think that's, that's it for me. <laughs> All right. And also, guys, go watch Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, yes. That's a given. Everyone should see that movie. It's on Hulu. 
highly recommend. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it too many times. <laughs> you have a lot of free time. I just force, I just don't sleep and then I watch movies. It's, it's a good, it's a good way to live. <laughs> I mean, especially while we're under a quarantine right now for COVID-19. Exactly. If making, watching movies makes me happy. So if it makes me happy, I'm going to do it, especially in a quarantine. Here's the thing about movies. I can't watch them because I'm, I prefer television because I can watch them in shorter bits because we, we're busy yeah. as college students. Oh, totally fair. Yeah. What's your favorite TV show right now? What are you watching? I'm watching 30 Rock, actually. It's really good. Nice. That's a good one. Oh yeah, I want to watch Killing Eve actually. Would you recommend it? Yes. Yes, definitely. The first season is a million times better than the second, but the second is still good. The first season is just incredible. Um, yeah, I couldn't recommend it more. It's really good. Nice. All right, Bridget Bright, thank you so much for agreeing to do my podcast during these tough times. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah. All right, folks, that is Bridget Bright. Thank you again for listening to this episode. Stay tuned next week because I will be talking about cancel culture with another friend of mine from the radio station, William Strelekis, right here on Let's Talk Media.